too many men are walking around dragging the weight of unresolved emotional scars from their fathers. This is hindering them from reaching greatness. If that's you, you're not alone. But it's never too late to heal and unlock your heroic potential. Enter my guest today, Dave Novak. Dave is a former pastor. He is a lifelong seeker of wisdom who is on a revolutionary mission to mend hearts and families fractured by father wounds. After leaving the church he co-founded 15 years ago, Dave now collaborates with congregations nationwide, unlocking the dormant hero in men held captive by their past. Today, Dave's going to help you break the cycle, break the chain and become the hero you were always meant to be. Because your best self isn't just a gift to you, it's a gift to your family, to your kids, and it's your legacy for generations to come. My conversation with Dave Novak on the Dads Making a Difference podcast starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Dave, it's great to see you today. Welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Dave, I'm eager for this conversation. Um, you come highly recommended. You know, when I, an, a past guest reaches out and says, here's a who, here's someone who needs to come on to your show because they have an impactful story. I'm always eager to have those conversations. And we got to meet uh, last week on a brief call. And I got to hear a little bit about your story and dive into your book. And man, I'm just eager for the men in our community and the women who are listening right now to, to hear more about you. So Dave, why don't you start? Tell us about where you're at right now. Uh, if you're watching on video, you see that Dave's in his backyard, but you got family and everything going over. How, how are things yeah. going? Through? Yeah, I've got a, so my, my kids are home. We're in the summer mode and getting ready to start back for school. And then my, uh, so I have a 20 year old, uh, Leah, and then an 18 year old Titus. And then my wife is a teacher. So she's hanging out for the summer. So they're all doing their thing inside. And I thought I would come outside and enjoy the backyard and almost a hundred degree weather today. So yeah. we're having fun, but, um, yeah, so I recently, um, resigned the church that I was at for 15 years. We started it in 08. My wife and I have been married for 24 years and, uh, we started it and then in, we just in June, we resigned because of the new ministry that God is um, has been birthing in our hearts and uh, to start and launch based on uh, dad issues and the book that I wrote called No More Dad Issues. So for guys who are listening, because a lot of the guys who listen to this might be Christian guys. We've had a lot of guests who come from that lens and that angle, but there's a lot of people who don't come from that background. What does it mean when you say you resigned the church? Oh, good. Yeah. So what we did was, is uh, we had decided that it was a new season. Just God spoke to us and put it on our hearts. Uh, just the shift in our hearts and ministry from pastoring people to now branching out and beginning to heal the father wounds in our community but man it's pervasive around the world right. and so we left 
leading the local church to be a partner with local churches and beyond to be able to minister to people. Yeah, amazing. Dave, before we get into the book, which I definitely want to do, and about the father wounds and uh, the no more dad issues topic, which I think is really prevalent right now. You just said that there's a lot of fatherlessness right now. There's a lot of men hurting, a lot of men hurting from what's happened to them in their lives. But before we get there, what what did life look like for you growing up? Sure. So I come from a pastor's home and my dad, before becoming a pastor, he was in my mother divorced and he got remarried. But growing up in a pastor's home was kind of typical for some You know, just your life is ministry, going to church all the time. You're a part of everything, your life, uh, your family and your personal life, even as a kid, adjusts and is surrounded to ministry and all that's going on. So your life, and I would even say this at times growing up, it was like, I just did church. Church was it. That's all I knew. That was part of me growing up. And so along with that, though, because of uh, the relationship with my dad, we really had a hard time. And uh, my dad's background was very toxic as far as gangs, drugs. He was incarcerated in and out of prison for 13 years. He, uh, I, I mean, just so many things. He was beaten and abused. So his upbringing was really, really bad. And and so now becoming a pastor, everything, his life goals and his mission and everything changes. But being able to be a healthy father, he had no idea what that looked like. And he grew up with so much, so much dysfunction that it decreased. But it's still there was still a lot of dysfunction between the relationship between him and myself. So going through junior high into the teen years and high school and on through 20s and even beginning to get into the 30s. And I'm at right now at this recording time, I'm 47. There was just a lot of father wounds. So that's briefly kind of what it is. When you were growing up as a pastor's kid, I one of my best friends was a pastor's kid. Now, his dad had a different upbringing uh, than your father. But I know that for John growing up, he always felt that even within the church community, uh, which he struggled with immensely. And we saw that when he and I went off to college and university out of our hometown in our 20s. One thing he always communicated to me is that he felt like he was under the microscope, that people were always watching him with a different lens because he was the pastor's kid. Did you feel that growing up? I did to an extent, but the culture of my dad's ministry was he also planted his church. It was an outreach ministry for urban areas. And so there weren't a lot of people that were there that had church perspectives and what the pastor should be, what the kids should be. There was an element of that, but I really never experienced that as far as how it looked, how I was looked at or, you know, analyzed. But I did see my my complication was what I seen in other Christians, what I seen in the lack of sincerity in the relationship with God and how it was lived out. And if this is what a Christian looked like, and if this is what a pastor looks like, and then I went to Christian school too, 
if this is what it looks like. I just don't, I don't want to be identified with him. I don't know if I would say I didn't want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be identified with these people. And so that was more of what it looked like for me. You mentioned, you know, you've been married for 24 years and, and then that coincided with something you said about how in your twenties and even in your thirties, you were grappling with some of these dad issues, these wounds that you had experienced. And in my head, I'm doing the math and like that overlapped with you going through so many transitions in your life. If you're 47 right now, that means that you were still, you were newly married. Uh, you had kids at that time. What did that look like for you starting a family, knowing mm-hmm. that the relationship with your dad wasn't optimal, wasn't what uh, you expected? Yeah. It, so it got really rough in my late, probably senior year in high school, uh, and just beyond that, uh, about a year after. And things just really got rough between he and I and some hard confrontations. And uh, to where we we had a hardness that developed between us. I had no respect. I was bitter. I was angry. I didn't want to be in agreement with him. I didn't want him to think barely that I liked him. So that, that carried on. And since that was the history, I always wanted his approval. I never got his approval. He always said things that hurt me, though he didn't. I don't think he truly knew how much things were hurting me, nor how much I was hurting to be able to reach out and be sensitive to where I was at. And so um, going into my marriage, that was there. Going back, I'm not sure how much it affected my marriage as much as it did just my everyday life and interactions I may have with him at my job. When people would talk about their dads, how I was like, my dad's a dirt. Here I was in ministry. We were in ministry. This is my early years going into ministry. And people were asking how my dad was doing because, you know, he's a pastor. And I'm like, who who cares? You know, and uh, so that's how it was going in. I uh, was married at 23, and then we had our first child, Leah, when I was 27 or 28. What a contrast, you know, a contrast in you're going into ministry and there's something that your dad did, and yet the parallels in the pathways of which you've chosen could be more far apart in the relationship that you had developed with him. How did that play into your own development as as a pastor at that time? I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to have anything to do with ministry. At the same time, I deep down, there was a conviction. I knew there was a call on my life, but I ran from it. And it was because I would find things that were wrong with the church or Christians or pastors. My dad, that gave me permission to just say, forget I didn't want anything to do with it. And then it came to a point to where this may sound really weird, but God showed me that. No, I want to use that because there are so many people who feel the same way. Right. And so I became my ministry over the years. I was able to put a label on it, uh, de-churched. But for those who were hurting, pushed out, whatever feelings they had to the church, towards the church, I was able to say, I get it. I know the answer. Let me help you along and find life. And so our first, you know, my dad came up came from a very, a lot of wreckage and damage, even, uh, you know, prison. And then he became, he went into prison ministry for years. Uh, mine was coming from a Christian home running from God. And then I'm like, I don't know if reluctantly, but I was finally like, all right, God, you win. I'm seeing a little more. 
man, I think about your life. I think about growing up myself in a Christian home and, you know, having a relationship with my dad that I would say is a healthy relationship, but dad was away a lot. Dad worked a lot. I've said on this podcast numerous times, the story of my dad and I, and my dad listens to this podcast and I appreciate he's so supportive now. And I always knew my dad loved me, but there were parts of my life that I wish he was there or a role in my life that I wish he would have taken. And and it's it's good. You know, I, I was able to find points in my life where I found other mentors or would gravitate to somebody else, whether it was a youth pastor or a coach. Often it was a coach or a basketball coach. Sure. And that was a turning point for me. For you in dealing with, you know, the wounds that you had with your father, what was the turning point? What changed things for you where you were able to reflect on what actually happened and what it had uh, meant for you in your life? It was quite a while where I didn't, you know, I couldn't pinpoint what was wrong. All I, all I did was wrestle with feelings Mm. for a long time. And if I can back up just a little bit, my dad, um, and keep in mind the wreckage that he had, my dad never told me he loved me. My dad couldn't show me physical affection at all. Uh, even patting my head or whatever that he just couldn't do it. My games or whatever were a far, were a far second to ministry and anything else he had going on. So naturally, as a kid growing up, other people come first in ministry. My dad never gave me approval. I could have always done better. And so I, I, I needed that. I begged for that on the inside. And so um, growing up, there was there was all that buildup. And then I had authority issues, man, you know, with my dad. And then it kind of it trickled on. And so these things were simmering, you, you know, in my life. And they were there for a long time. And so I was I was a bitter person. I was a hard person. I was even cocky to an extent. And I don't know how that played into it. But feeling that way, I struggled with it. And there was an actual moment in my life, in a service to where the Lord got a hold of my heart. And the reason is this, I had always looked at it as this is his fault, his problem. He's the one who's causing this. He needs to change. And when he does, finally, I'll be happy. We'll be happy. We'll have peace. Hmm. And I had to learn the radical idea of I'm the one with the issue. I'm the one with the dad issue. I'm the one that has issues with him. And now what was I going to do about it? And I realized I'm not going to grow out of this thing. It's not going to just go away. And I was in a service one day at a, at a church, at a little conference thing. And there was an illustration, a skit that was happening. And it showed the tumultuous relationship between a pastor and a dad. And then, the, you know, one of the pastors would share about how to have a healthy relationship in the home and, you know, just point some of these things out. And the whole time, it's, it's like a pastor's conference. I'm looking around in the room, hoping my dad's there. And I kind of knew where he was sitting. I was near the front and I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm looking around and, um, and I can't find him. And then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me loud and clear. One of the biggest turning points of my life and just said, Dave, I don't want your dad here because I want you to change and I want you to learn. When the Lord showed me he didn't want him here, that was one word I heard from the Lord. He didn't want him here. 
that just showed me the Lord cared about me enough to heal my heart. And now it wasn't about him changing. Now it was about me changing only through the grace and the compassion of our heavenly father. And I, I wish I could say it changed overnight. Boom. Yeah. All of it was done. Hallelujah. Yeah. But it was that picture, that revelation, that God moment in me that it changed my trajectory to where now I know the healing. I'm, I feel healing right now. Now I know where to go to get even more healing in my life. So that was the big turning point for me. And I was still a pastor. That was, yeah. I was uh, about five years into pastoring. And uh, you can imagine, you know, some of the, how it showed up in my uh, youth pastoring. That's when I was a youth pastor. So, so now you, you've left, you resigned your church. You're on a mission right now to help men address dad wounds and through your book, No More Dad Issues. Talk about your work right now and why it's so timely and so important. Yeah, so um, my book was written uh, even beyond uh, being used for men. I just I tend to get uh, men's conferences calling me, but even churches in the local church. But it's uh, for men and women for all ages. I get 60-year-old men or 70-year-old women coming up to me when I've been at a church and all the way down in ages who are still carrying dad issues. It's blowing my mind. My book came out September of 22. And as I've gone, uh, because of the great revelation and the change that God made in my heart and gave me a pathway, and it's like given me more uh, than hope, but there's evidence that there's been change. Whenever I go into a place, it's like the wounds are lifted to a level with people. Not that it's hurtful, but it's like someone finally gets me. They understand, they know. And then I'm able to, when those come to the surface, I'm able to redirect them and say, let me show you how there's hope. Let me show you how you can grow and you can move. And you don't have to live with all of this dysfunction and frustrations in your life. You can be a healthy person. And so um, that's the big mission for me uh, right now. And so we're developing some things outside of just speaking, but some master classes and uh, kind of like mastermind groups to be able to track with people on how let's just not hear a message or read the book. Let's let's move forward. Let's get your story and your victory going. And then so we're calling this the F2 project, which is based on the Malachi 4, 6, which says that God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fatherless. And so we're looking at all ages as far as children but not only fatherless in the name of um, the physical presence of a father, but even the deficits and where our father wasn't what we needed or what we craved. Mm -hmm. And so that's where uh, we're healing dad issues. And then the other part is, this is where the F2 is, is that we are helping dads become heroes. Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to reach a generation. We want to be able to reach all people with finding healing and finding out who the true father is, who's the perfect father. And then we're saying, hey, dads, moving forward in the generations, our kids want us to be heroes. They already look to us as that. Let's get better so we can be exactly what they desire. And uh, the truth of the matter is that all the men, all the dads, we have it within us. And now let's get some training. And so there are some things that 
we are now strategizing, putting together to where uh, we can help dads move down that road. Dads who have come from wreckage and dads who have, they're doing well, but it's like we can be even better. There's so much more uh, progress we, we can make. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. When someone comes to you or you interact with someone and you're aware that there's dad issues there or wounds come to the surface, what does that look like? What are people saying? What do you see that triggers this, this thought, this response that someone needs to be interacted with? Someone needs help. Someone needs to address these things. Yeah, it is. Boy, that's a loaded question because there are so many, it's like small symptoms. And, you know, the large percentage, it's an overwhelming percentage of people who do have dad wounds or issues. And it could be, I had one gentleman say, hey, you know what? My dad was great. You know, I had a good dad. Uh, but there was one thing that did hurt. He said, every year we would, you would promise to take us to the snow. And every year we would get all the snow gear and we would get the thing set. And then he never took us. And it was like every year he packed it up and we did it. And it left a little deficit there. Like my dad didn't follow through. He didn't keep his promise. And that, that still stung. And then you have some where, man, their dad has died years back and they still have issues with him. There are issues to where they have never grown up with their dad you know, their dad left. And so obviously there's the hurt that's there. There are some that have had abuse. There are some where like me, it's my dad was a pastor. He should have known better or dads. They've got addictions or dads. They've got their career minded. There's so many things. And sometimes it's just the little thing I, I smell when someone's talking and I'm like, boy, there's some things there. And especially when people read the book, they're like, I hit something. I said something that just brought it back to where they're like, I see a bigger picture here, man. It can be, it can be something small and it can be something really large too. And I guess it takes one to know one. Hmm. And, you know, when I, when I smell it, I'm just able to reach out and care for people. And I think if I can go to this place, number one, uh, 90% of our prisons are filled with dads from fatherless homes or with men from fatherless homes, women from fatherless homes. Uh, when you're talking with people who have, whether it's sexual identity or just identity in general and where they're going in life, there was some part of it that had a dad element there because like the scripture says, 
the glory of the children is their fathers. And when we don't have that image and we don't have that, we, we question our esteem. Mm -hmm. And so it just trickles down in so many ways. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's just, I've just seen it in so many levels and degrees. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you this one thing too. Yeah. Uh, there was a lady 73 years old. I spoke at a women's uh, breakfast and she came up to me when I was signing books and she was buying a book and she said, you said something today that finally explained why I am the way I am. She said, all my life in all the relationships with men, I will let them in. And then there's a point to where I won't let them in any further. And I'm guarded. And she said, now today you mentioned how sometimes dad wounds show up in ways that we interact. They affect our other relationships. And she was guarded with her dad and now impacted her. She was 73 years old and wow. finally revelation. Incredible. It happens all stages of life i i see it too i interact with men who are i'm in my 40s as well and, and start to realize at this point in life it's like what are the stories that i'm telling myself what are the things that i'm carrying with me from my relationship with my father that are shaping who i am both positive and negative uh, shape how sure. i interact with others uh, i went through a, a really powerful exercise last fall where i was challenged to write a letter uh, to my dad saying all the things that I would never say to him face to face. And then right after writing that letter, I was challenged like right on the heels of it to write a letter that I wish he would have given me at some point in my life. And I, I've never been a guy who has identified as, oh, I have dad issues. But there are things that have come up when I dove into that practice and I was like, shoot, there are things in unresolved conflict and unresolved conversations that came up in that practice that made me think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, I think every man to some extent who's in the age of like 30 to 50, right? Probably 30 onwards because our dads grew up in a different time than we are right now. I think every guy to some extent hasn't done the deep work to realize there are issues at play in what he's doing. Do you, do you agree? Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I think um, that is one of, this is where now turning from people in general with dad issues to where just identifying and working with men, I think there is a fear of getting emotional. Mm -hmm. There is a fear of dealing with that. It's hard work. And we don't like to, we, you know, we like to look at ourselves as tough and macho. And yeah. So when we talk about being soft and going there, that's a hard thing to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. And if we can help men to be able to say, look, let's just go there, change some things and let's be healthy. Yeah. Uh, that's where we give hope. And so, you know, there, um, once we're able to do that, then I feel like now we're empowered to be better because my goal isn't to dwell on all the hurts and the wounds that I had. My goal is now look at the wounds and the hurts and I am going to have transformation to where that won't affect the future of myself in any relationships, any environments, raising kids. I'm going to take that and say, that's where I'm going to improve and be even better. Um, because sometimes we look back at our dads and we just keep pointing the finger and that's how guys stay in dad issues. They just stay there because it's not their fault. They have no responsibility in it. And I don't want to be insensitive, but we just keep thinking when he changes, then I'll change and I'll be better. 
And that's just not how it works as far as I found out. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is there's a lot of internal work to be done. Yeah. Yeah, there is, you know, and it's just finding that, that group, that place to be able to find that. So the group, the place, how do you start? Like, how do you start doing that work? Because it's meaningful work, but it's hard work. So where, where does one start doing the work so that they can come to terms with like where they're at in this relationship? Yeah. And that is honestly where we are just now scratching the surface in our ministry. Um, so this is where we're, I can only t- tell you where we're going because, you know, I haven't experienced other ministries. I think where it's unique with, with me and the ministry we have is not only do I give you uh, points and some things in the scripture, but I say, look, this is what's happened in me and it can happen in you. And I guarantee it because it was a God thing. So what we're doing is we have the, we're going to, we continue to speak in different places. Um, We have the book that we're selling. There's questions in there that really get, I wanted to have questions in the book that cause the reader to wrestle. And if I can get the reader to wrestle, then they're going to be willing to be vulnerable to the place of where I, I crave something, I need something. And then we get to where some solutions are to get you moving. Now, what I'm uh, designing are some like master classes to be able to help with that long term to where people can go in and just continue to take those. But also a part of that is I am going to be uh, writing a study guide and videos that go along with it to where in churches, in different community groups in any way that, hey, come together, you have common challenges. Now you get to travel through with a group in uh, being able to recover from these things, find healing, and then then be better and improve. And so I just want people to know you can have a whole life. You can have a great life, even though you have some of these issues. And I think this is one thing that we need to we need to make sure we clarify. Sometimes we give ourselves false hope that it's just going to disappear. We want that. And man, I would love to have everything disappear. But the truth of the matter is it's not going to completely go away. So what do we do to be able to come to grips with that? And one thing I share in the book, I just share this phrase because we know forgiveness is important. We will tell ourselves, hey, I forgave that person. Why would I see them or think of them? all the feelings come back. I hate them all over again, whatever it is. I say this, that forgiveness is not a one-time decision. It's a daily rehearsal that, Hey, look, I have, I have made the decision to forgive this person. Now, anytime it comes up any day, I'm going to rehearse that again. I have forgiven that person. They are human. They are loved by God. They may have hurt me, but I am not going to hold that against them anymore. And so it's just some shifts in our perspective that really help us change and look forward in, in uh, a new trajectory. Your book, No More Dad Issues, who should read this book? It can be for anybody in any relationship. It's um, for, I- I've had from um, guys or girls in their late teens, all, you know, through any age. Um, and for some people, they're like, I'm not a reader, Dave. I, I don't read books. Then they come back and tell me they read it in two weeks. And uh, because I filled it with, I tried to fill it with a lot of stories, a lot of things that keep you turning the page and it's real simple and just easy communication. So it's, it's for anybody. And then I have, I'll tell you who has come back to me and told me 
how it helped them. It could be a father figure, an uncle, uh, you know, someone uh, that had a close relationship with family. Could be that. But also I've had uh, some who have come to me and said, you know what? I don't really have a dad issue. But throughout the book, I was thinking about my mom and our issue that we have. And then I did have another friend of mine a father figure was an uncle. And he said, you know, as I was reading this, I realized the issue I had with my uncle and how I needed healing there. And so I haven't really heard much about spouses, but I, uh, you know, and that kind of thing, but I do guarantee this is that uh, it's a relational book overall. So it can help in a a variety of areas. And then also let me mention this as parents on how we can learn from our issues and how we can become better parents. So there's a lot of different angles. Yeah. I'm glad you said that about p- parenting because I've had guys ask, listen to a podcast and they'll ask me a question or send me stuff on our Facebook community and just say, I don't know if I have dad issues. I'm afraid that I'm creating a situation in which my kids will have dad issues. How do I, <laughs> how do I ensure that I'm not doing that? But through your book, I think reading that book in the process, one, it will help you reflect on your own experiences growing up and in the relationships. But I also think your book will help guys become dads who are more intentional and more present and will be more self-assured in the relationships that they're building with their kids. Would you agree? Yeah. And and here's something, <laughs> this may free you up or make you feel bad, but the truth of the matter is uh, your kids are going to have issues yeah. because you're human. Yeah, And I have often said, My kids at one point, they're going to need to read my book, not because it's my book, but because there's going to be issues that rise up and I have to be okay with that. But I also want to be able to help them see where they can be healthy and and take responsibility where I have done things. And uh, along with that, in the in the book at the end, I'm just a real practical, intentional person. So the book at the end. I just give some things that I've learned. I think there's 10 of them on um, how to be better and things that I'm doing, but being okay with, there's going to be dad issues, man. There's some areas that I regret or some things I've done that I feel horrible about. And there's some areas where I've just hit home runs and I just have to keep working and growing. And I I think this uh, for dads who feel maybe feel like they've got adult children and just to remind yourself of this, it's never too late. It's never too late. I've had someone tell me before, I haven't talked to my kid in years, my son in years. And then the gentleman told me, he said, I heard you speak last year. I got your book and I read it and we talk every month. And for me, I was like, yes, it's because dad did something. As a dad right now, Dave, what is one area of growth that you're excited about or you're diving into right now? just had tension with our kids. There's that tension. We've had it for like the last year and a half when they are now becoming adults and you can't treat them as children. You have to now begin to look at maybe not on the friend level, but like, I want to maintain the influence, but I have to maintain some level of authority, but I have to give them freedom. And, And so it's a real web of things, but at the end of the day, being able to pull back and say, I don't like some of these decisions, but they are going to know whenever they walk in the door that I love them. I'm never going to stop hugging them or give them kisses. They're going to know when something isn't right and they know what to not talk to me about. 
But then I have allowed them to be free. And also going back to this, I have done the very best. Me and my wife have done the very best to put principles of truth, godliness. We have invested that. We have done our best to be models. And now the decisions are up to them. And we are beginning to see as we released permission for them to mess up, release permission them to make decisions on their own. Now we're beginning to see them return to what they know is true. And so that's exciting for me. Yeah, job's not done. I'm going to be their dad until the day I die. Cool. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Dave, if someone's listening to this right now and they want to get in contact with you, get a copy of the book, find out more about the work that you do with the F2 Project, where can they do that? Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon and uh, you just simply look up uh, No More Dad Issues and it's for sale there. And then I have two websites. One is DaveNovakMinistries.com. And that is about me speaking. And if some people may want to have me come out or you're interested in inquiring about that, I'd love to. I'm kind of doing it around the country now, um, but I'm available and love to talk to you about that and serving your ministry. And then there is the F2Project.com. And that uh, website, we're still kind of uh, forming it as more of a landing page, but you get to see what we're about there just get an idea of where we're going. And uh, both of those, you can you can contact through those websites. Or if you want to write down my email address, the primary one that I use now is davenovakministries.com. Dave at davenovakministries.com. Yeah, perfect. Dave, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking time on a hot day in your backyard to be here with us. Um, I really appreciate this conversation. Absolutely. It's been it's been a real joy and I'm excited. And uh, thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now, who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.